Hey guys, welcome to Pop Culture Fuck Mary Kill. We're your hosts. I'm Brandy Johnson. She's Kristen Gunn. So every episode, we break down the good, the best, and the absolute trash in pop culture and decide which one is our fuck, marry, or our kill of the week. Now, as you guys know, we are not fucking, marrying, or killing people, but rather pop culture stuff that's going on because we're classy ladies and we don't fuck, marry, or kill people. It's a classic game you know and love, but this time it's got a little pop culture twist. All right, Rainey, let's get straight away into it. But before we do, uh, I have one follow-up. And did we have any calls? We did not have any calls this week. Very busy last week. No calls this week. What's your fucking follow-up? Okay, so last week, uh, your kill was um, the Property Brothers and their many, uh, like, the kudzu-like takeover they've had of HGTV after um, Chip and Joanna Gaines left. Um, so I, we, we kind of went on for a while about, like, how we just don't understand like how people could even like the Property Brothers. And um, a person I love very much, I w- was talking with them last night and they brought up the IOU, or what's, what's the name of the show? The Brad Pitt Celebr- Celebrity IOU. Celebrity IOU, they brought up Celebrity IOU and how much they loved it and how I needed to be watching it. And, and then I was like, but are the Property Brothers robots? And she was like, offended. And I like, you know me, like, I'm like, oh, I just, like, I hit a, I hit a sore spot there. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure they're like the little robot from Small Wonder where you could just like open their back up and like beep, boop, boop, all the circuitry would be there. And she was like, no, they're great. And they're human. And (laughs) so, um, I found at least one person that really likes them. Oh man. So when the when the mole people come up to take us underground for offending T Scott brothers robots, everyone, you'll know what happened. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. For like one well, day just like, you know, the, the show goes on hiatus for like three weeks and then we come back and we're glassy eyed and we're like, we were wrong. Property brothers is the best. You know it was them that got to us. Uh, well, whoever you are, Kristen's friend, enjoy all 11 of their shows. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Gr- I'm happy. I'm happy there's some there's something for everybody. It's true. To each their own. Yeah. Uh, good follow-up. Okay, um, I don't have any this week, so um, let's just get right into our FMKs. Sweet. All right. I went first last week, Brandy, so I think okay. you should go first this week. Okie dokie. Um, so my fuck this week is the wardrobe department on Killing Eve. Oh, interesting. Okay. So specifically the wardrobe of Villanelle. So she's had amazing clothes all season, every season, season one, season two. Uh, season three just started a few weeks ago. And it's like they got a like mad glow up, even though they were already like really good in seasons one and season two. Um, And the style of Villanelle this season is sort of morphed into this sort of um, power suit, power mod dress. It's kind of 60s, 70s vibe. 
Um, there's a lot of really bright, bold suits and wide leg pants and um, these dresses that have beautiful, bold prints all over them. She, she's, her shoe wear is often uh, very sort of strange, but it works somehow. Um, anyway, and so um, I'm gonna show you a few photos of some of my favorite looks because like, they're just so striking. And the a lot of things about the show I love that are very striking. They're very good at picking very striking locations also, but there's the wardrobe about Villanelle is so good at telling us a lot about her sort of frenetic, schizophrenic, uh, dangerous, but also like she likes nice things kind of personality um, mm. that it makes her feel very dangerous, but also like very rich and powerful. And also she's still a girl who likes to look nice and, and wow people. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's very um, interesting to watch what she's gonna wear every week. Um, so this first look is one of my absolute favorites so far this season. It's this uh, long sleeve uh, floral length floral uh, dress. And it's like, she waffles between looking really pretty in what she's wearing uh, in her own personal day-to-day, -day, you know, walking throughout Paris, walking throughout London. Like, she likes to look nice just when she's out and about not being an assassin. But she also often looks very chic when she is an assassin, too, whether she's undercover or if she just sort of, like, waltzes into a spice shop and just, like, slices your neck open. And so this was just her kind of, like, out and about looking absolutely gorgeous. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I would wear that dress in a heartbeat. That's totally, um, it's worth noting. Go back to the other one real quick. Uh-huh. So on this, um, I look at that and I'm like, you would look amazing in that. And like totally seems you. I feel like if I put that on, it would look like a little girl who got into like the rummage sale bin and like put some shit on. I don't think oh. I can pull it <laughs> I disagree, but that's very kind of you to say. Well, um, keep, keep on going because there's, there's, you, you, you read my mind about a different outfit because I was watching this last night and I was like, oh dang, but so this is a very you look. Cool, yeah, I, I would agree. Like as soon as I saw this, I was like, I would wear that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of one of the first looks in the first episode where she starts wearing these like really cool blazers and suits. She's wearing this all black suit look, but she's got this sheer top underneath and you can see her black bra, very, very sexy, very chic, but also, sort of feels powerful. Also, um, that's, that's like she's getting married. Like she just got married. And yes, so in- Like, I, I wanna wear that to get married. Yes, in, that's a good point. In this scene, she is getting married and her wife is in a traditional wedding dress, but she's wearing this black suit, um, which I also thought was just very, very cool. Um, this is sort of one of the more like 70s dresses. With, she's wearing cowboy boots with it. It's got flared um, bell sleeves. It's got an A-line um, shape. It's orange and like marigold and it just screams 70s but not in a tacky way. This last night was the one I saw that like I hadn't even really thought about the wardrobe that much this season and then last night I saw this and I was like oh my god I want that so much 
the flames and this my head this looks like you like the, this is this is an outfit that like you would definitely wear and look totally banging in and like she just sort of goes like the rest of her outfits like sh this wide leg trousers bright yellow bold pattern on top polka dot even when she's doing something in undercover she looks cute as hell these overalls like the attention to detail even when she's in um her pajamas the cutest pajamas on the planet it's just what they're doing with her wardrobe to tell a story either <laughs> about this is a look that we haven't seen kristen's laughing because i just clicked to a photo that we haven't seen yet but i found it in a vogue article about like looks for the whole season and i'm i was sad that i got spoiled the look but i'm also so excited that i can't wait for this episode it's this she's on some golfing expedition and it's this insane green outfit of like baggy golf-like trousers but the top is like a fur plaid it's insane it's so hard to describe he, he murdered the grinch and used his pelt to make her under undercoat for golfing right um it's just amazing what they do with the clothes here they always seem to have a purpose which i really like like nothing ever feels like it's just a thrown away wardrobe choice everything feels very methodical to tell a story about the kill or the place or the moment she's having with the person her scene partner um or the moment she's experiencing because she's experiencing a lot of different things by herself a lot of the time um, going through a lot of different emotions and so i just every week i'm just tickled i'm just so joy filled with whatever they're going to put villanelle in and also like it you can tell that it helps jodie comer kind of come alive like she, what she's doing as Villanelle is such a delight to watch. Like she is so underrated. People do not talk about her enough, but what she does on Killing Eve is really remarkable. And the clothes just like help her just like really fill in the whole picture. And so that is my fuck is the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful clothes on Killing Eve, specifically season three, but really they've been there since season one. Yeah. I, the thing about a good F, M, or K is when you drop a bomb and I'm like, oh yeah, I took that in and felt the same way, but I didn't, like, I didn't think about it. So like, well, slow clap, well done. Uh, Cause I'm totally right there with you, but I hadn't even appreciated the magnitude by which that was so great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kristen, what's your fuck this week? Okay, so I'm gonna just, um, uh, my Mary this week is real long. So my my F and my K are just gonna be a little bit, they're the dollops of whipped cream to the, the giant pound cake of my Mary. Um, so there's also really weirdly, uh, like I, we don't normally talk about music on this show but also it is a pop culture show and so music is fair game um so this is these are all mute like my fuck mary and kill are all music-y themed but not albums um music as it relates to other media at least for the the fucking mary so uh i was reading some interesting stuff last night and um I don't know if you'd heard that uh, there there is absolutely going to be a Bill and Ted's three. Um, yes. they, they've been I mean they've been talking about it since the '90s, 
um, and it's finally happening. And um, what I thought was really cool is they have this initiative now, and I'll show you, um, since social distancing started, where you can play, there's a, this, this music is gonna be in the movie and they want people to send in videos of them playing their version of this song. If you don't know how to play, you can like air guitar, anything you want, but they want you to do it in the most unique place possible. And they're actually gonna use some of them in the movie, which I think is so cool. So I like, and then what was funny is I didn't really think about how excited I was about this movie until I played the demo track. So I'm just gonna play it real quick. Ready, Bill? Ready, Ted. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Party on, dudes. Uh, so you have until May 20th to submit your video. And I like, I'm not musical at all, but like after I heard that, it, like that, the, the like just little riff of that just filled me with so much joy that I'm totally gonna get my kids and we're gonna go somewhere in town, like maybe the overlook of the 360 bridge or something and do our own little air guitar moment for that because even if like it probably won't end up in the movie but um i just filled my heart with so much joy so that is my fun for the week that is so fun and um, i'm so glad you played the song what a bop um that's that's so cool there's a guy on my team who um when they were filming the the new movie um i think it was in new orleans they had a call for extras and he's a huge huge Bill and Ted fan and he uh, went down there and got to be an extra in the movie and so I'm sure he already knows about this but I'm definitely going to share it with him to just to make sure because like he would not miss this opportunity what a fun fun pick thanks for sharing that right and like I was kind of like oh this is cool and then I listened to the song and it, like I, I don't know why but like something about it because it feels so 80s but then also it, it feels now and like it got it just got me really excited in like a way that I can't really like in a dorky way that I can't really describe. So, yeah. I love it. Uh, all right, Brandy, what are you marrying this week? Okay, so if you know me, um, you know that I am a sucker for, well, a lot, but definitely a sucker for um, Disney things, behind the scenes things, and I'm definitely a sucker for props like i'm a person who buys souvenirs i'm a person who buys uh prop replicas i'm a person who if i could afford to buy things when they auction off real props from movies i would um so i was thrilled uh this past weekend when disney plus finally released a show that i was very excited about called prop culture so i'm gonna play the trailer now I haven't even heard of this. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, well, buckle up. Okay, stand by, here we go. In a movie, every detail, no matter how small, is designed to tell you something. And ever since I was a kid, 
I've been obsessed with finding out more. I want to see it first. Come on. I'm Dan Lanigan, and I spent my entire life collecting artifacts from my favorite films. Now, I'm setting out to learn more about the props from the Disney movies that I love. Captain Jack's iconic frock coat. <laughs> he rocks this costume. The actual oh. Codalus. What? These are more than just props and costumes. This is a real cinema relic. It is? Sort of like, like me. <laughs> these historic artifacts help tell the story of how these films were made. It's history. Yeah. It's my childhood. And as a fan, does it have your smell? No comment. <laughs> they somehow make you feel like you were a part of that story. Is that what I think it is? This is the original Aztec chest used in the movies. Wow. This was one of two stop-motion bugs. Feels a lot lighter. <laughs> this is amazing. This is one of the nicest-looking pieces I've ever seen. Oh, that's a pirate movie. You've gone back in time. It's a living, breathing world that you guys created. No film had ever attempted anything like this. It was like a dream job. I think about it every day. Yeah. Well, question. Mm -hmm. I think I could pick, I think I could guess what your answer would be, but if you could poof own any prop, any one prop, doesn't have to be a Disney movie, but any one prop from any movie ever, what would it be? Uh, Ruby slippers. I knew it. I was going to say, let me do the dating game and I'm going to write it down and then I can hold it up. Uh, yeah. I wish I could win the lottery so I could buy one of those pairs for you. Yeah, totally. So, like, when I first saw the trailer, I was just, I mean, this is just, like, brandy in a bottle. And so, um, I've watched um, four, one, two, three, four of the, I guess, eight that they've done. So, the movies that they have in the series are Mary Poppins, Honey, I Shrink the Kids, Nightmare Before Christmas, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, all four of those are excellent. Um, those movies are excellent, and um, I cried watching Mary, the Mary Poppins one um, and the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but they get Rick Moranis to come and interview him, which if you know anything about Rick Moranis, the guy purposely removed himself from out the spotlight a long, long time ago to take care of his family, and he I hasn't done anything in a very, very long time. Yeah, no, I actually, so last week I talked about how I tried to get, um, what's his fucking face from My Name is Earl, Jason, uh, Jason Lee, Lee uh, for a show that I was casting as a host, and we also tried to get Rick Moranis, and I mean, that was like, a, we knew we were not going to get him, right? Sure. But like, it was like, we'll try, because that would be epic. Um, so yeah, like, no, he is notoriously, like, private and takes care of his family and that is that is his life now so like that is amazing right, right. um the other movies that they do Pirates of the Caribbean, Chronicles of Narnia, Tron um you know a little uh, those are kind of clunkers it's like they're not that old and also you know I think a little bit of the show is definitely uh what the host found most interesting like he's a big Chronicles fan and he's a big Pirates fan and like he has souvenirs from those or um, props from those movies because like he said in the trailer he's collected his whole life and so it's a little bit like 
he sort of did what he had connections to and what he could find and do connections to, which is fine. Um, I haven't watched them up. It's one I'm sure it's delightful. Um, I watched the Hooper and Roger Rabbit one last night. It's delightful. The, the, the bit that they do on the um, Roger shaped hole through the window, um, the way they explained how they managed that effect, you know, and a lot of these, what's really cool is that back then, no CG, right? Most of the effects and the things that you see, the props that they find and they talk you through the effects, it's that they did so much of it practically, which is what's so, so, so cool about the older movies that we grew up watching. Um, when they walked you through how they made that effect happen, it's just like, I mean, absolute fucking mind blowing. So, so cool. Um, I, it's just, it's just such a happy place. Every episode just takes you to a, a really happy joy-filled place and if you like movies and you like Disney or you like props um if you just want to be happy um I recommend prop culture it's not a perfect show it definitely shines a lot on the fact that like not a lot of women in production still and there definitely wasn't a lot of women doing production stuff way back then because most of the people they interview are guys um which you know is a bummer but overall the show has a huge heart um, and a really good heart for people who like cinema and are just sort of kids at heart too. And I really recommend it if you want just sort of eight hours of like unadulterated happiness. So that's prop culture on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I love it. One of my favorite shows growing up was Movie Magic on the Discovery Channel, which it sounds like a, a, like a subgenre of Movie Magic. So totally. Yeah. We'll check it out. Highly recommend. Okay, Kristen, you said your Mary was long this time. I'm very intrigued. What are you marrying? Okay, so none of this is going to be new to you at all, but okay. in your own words, buckle up. Um, so I just watched, like I just marathoned all of Schitt's Creek. Um, I had watched the first couple of episodes, I think maybe like within a year of them premiering on pop, my hairdresser um, really loved it. And he recommended it to me like a million years ago when it first came out. And I watched them and I was like, oh, okay. Like the first couple of episodes, like, and that's all that existed. were like, we're rich and now we're poor. And, and the, like, that was it. And I was like, yeah, this show's not that funny. Okay, whatever. And then obviously as has happened with so many shows over time, um, they get room to germinate and grow and build momentum and then Netflix picks them up and then Hulu picks them up and then they explode into this thing that is so much more than it might have been at the beginning. I would even argue that like Parks and Rec is that way. Like the beginning, the first couple of episodes of Parks and Rec when Leslie Nope was more like a Michael Scott, you yeah. know, like, and, and she wasn't competent, like, you know, so, so lots of shows that have really amazing and fabulously talented people behind them that are then given the space to make something really special. It's been really exciting that we live in a, a time where media, you know, you don't have to get 5 million primetime viewers, you know, in your Nielsen ratings or like by the third episode you're canceled, right? And so, um, obviously because the Shit's Creek finale was like a, a month ago and um, everybody, there's just so much buzz around it. And because every, it was just so notoriously such a feel good show, um, I, I was like, okay, you know, I need a, I need a new feel good show. Um, but the thing that really sealed the deal for me 
uh, to decide to watch it was about a month before the finale, Netflix ran an ad with this moment, which is one of several that I'm going to talk about as I unpack why Shit's Creek and a particular thread of Shit's Creek is my Mary this week. If you don't want some spoilers, then skip ahead about, I don't know, five, seven minutes. Oh dear, you're awfully brave, allowing your beau to indulge himself like this. Okay, this was not my idea. All right, um, I would like to dedicate this song to a very special someone in my life. David Rose. There he is, right there, that's him. Can't miss him. Let me know if I should pull the fire alarm. Yes. I call you when I need you, my heart's on fire. You come to me, wild and wild. You come to me, and give me everything I need. Give me a lifetime of promises and a world of dreams. Speak the language of love like you know what it means. And it can't be wrong. Take my heart and make it strong, babe. Cause you're simply the best. Better than all the rest. Better than anyone. Anyone I've ever I'm not going to play the whole thing because we've got a couple more things to go through in my layered cake. Um, I don't think you're human if you can't, if you don't cry watching that moment. And um, so I saw that on, it was like a Netflix promo that was just like uh, apropos of nothing that moment, right? And I was like, what the fuck did this show become, right? Because it's so special. And uh, it just, it, even like, this is probably the, the 20th time that I've watched it and I'm, I'm crying again. Um, so that was a moment in the show. Uh, and then uh, several episodes later, um, this moment happens. Consider this my olive branch. Perfectly crafted 
to be endearing, earned emotional moments in a, in a very funny show where the humor could so easily stray to just caricatures that never, it never materialized to anything more than that. And, and it, they're just so fucking special. And quite frankly, I was racking my brain. I don't think there's a better couple on television. Like I can't think of a better couple on television than, than um, Patrick and David, the, the couple in those two clips. Um, they're played by Dan Levy, who is a, a, a head producer, creator of the show, and uh, Noah Reed, who is also a Canadian singer. And I just fucking love it when actors have talents outside of like acting and they're, they're able to incorporate those into the show. I would say uh, Jodie Cormer, or however you say her name, she's also that, because she knows so many foreign languages, right? And like actually knows them. And so it's not like, I learned three sentences of this to pass off badly. And then, you know, they're, you know, dancing around it. Or like, a, like a, an actor that has a really great dancing uh, talent, like Jennifer Lopez. And so, I mean, God damn, right? Like just God fucking damn, it's so good and it's so special and I think Dan Levy like he plays such a sardonic jaded character but he has this like vulnerability about him that like as his character David falls in love with Noah Reed's character Patrick like you get these little moments where you know he's got the like the armor on and he's like getting ready to be embarrassed by you know his boyfriend's singing and then it's so special and even the little subtle things um like his mother moira who's also like you know every bit as hardened as he is like when she's so touched um i mean just everything about it is amazing i don't want to railroad you want to talk about this at all <laughs> i am so glad that this is your pick because one um I'm so glad that you finally got around to watching a show that I've been telling you to watch for years. So congratulations, Kristen. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, you know, the series finale just aired, you know, just a few weeks ago. And um, it's been a while since I've watched that first, well, both of those scenes, but the, the first scene, I think I've probably only seen it two times outside of the one that you just playing it um where Patrick is singing um at that open mic night and it will never ever not make me just completely well up it is just that's what I really liked about Schitt's Creek is that it's so easy to write it off because it looks so sticky and it looks so shallow but it is the total opposite of that it has it is so deftly written and crafted to have the appearance of being shallow, but it is so heartwarming and funny and so nuanced that it could look like it's shallow, but it absolutely isn't. And um, for that, it's, you know, so far ahead of so many other comedies on TV. And um, I'm really sad that it's gone, but I'm glad that they ended on their own terms. Have you finished it all the way yet? So um, the final layer of my layer cake. Great. Uh, the finale, which just aired, as you mentioned, in this last couple weeks, this was the finale. 
simply the best or the the um jazz gals which is the the ladies jazz singing choral group sing simply the best as david walks down the aisle and i was just like oh go crying and then i thought that was gonna be it right like that was the haymaker that they carried this song that first of all it's a good song but it's also kind of like a song you don't even like it's not even like in the canon of 80s like power ballad bop songs like i don't even really think about that one right like it's good but like i had never really you know it's not some of the others that are out there uh, it's not living on a prayer right uh, or you know anything by share but in any case they have made it their own and I was just like, I'm dead. I'm dead forever. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, all I want is someone to serenade that song to me and, you know, to walk down the aisle of that fucking song, right? It's just so good. But then those fucking motherfuckers mm -hmm. <laughs> did this. So I'll just say this. You will always be a part of me. And I'm part of you indefinitely. Boy, don't you know you can't escape me? Cause you know you'll always be my baby. And we'll linger on. Time can erase a feeling that's strong. No way you're never gonna shake me. Ooh, darling, cause you'll always be my baby. So like, I don't know what happens when you die and then you die more, but that is what happened to me. Um, again, a flawless use of, um, of actor Noah Reed's singing to abilities, and then the fact that they just play that love so straight, uh, no pun intended, but like they play, they play it straight versus being comedic. And Dan Levy, who again is this sardonic hardened person you just see him, him, that exterior melt. And it's just, I want to marry, like, the, like the, the narrative arc that they have taken with those two characters over the seasons. And then I just, I can't, I really can't think of a better couple on television ever. So I just love, I just love it. I'm married at all. I have no questions, qualms, or concerns. This has been a wonderful TED Talk. I'm really glad that you invited me to it. <laughs> so there is my layered pound cake. Uh, yeah. and end of Mary. Excellent, excellent choice, Kristen. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen Schitt's Creek, then get with the fucking program. All right, Brandy. Uh, I'm gonna like come down from being so verklempt over that. 
uh, will you tell me about your kill? Sure. Let me let me help you come down off of that high. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. What do these people have in common? Kristen Bell, Sophie Turner, Will Forte, Will Arnett, Idris Elba, Joe Jonas, Lawrence Fishburne, Jennifer Lopez, Kevin Hart, Nicole Ritchie, Megan Rapino, and LeBron James. They have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> well, what a bummer for you. Um, no, but also they all have quote shows on Quibi. <laughs> you know you can get 90 days for free right now, Brandy. Don't make me come over there and strangle you to death. So Quibi is my kill um, because first of all, fuck you Quibi. Second of all, um, the idea behind Quibi is so annoying to me and the amount of money that they have spent on the talent behind the shows on Quibi and the promotions for Quibi. I think I read it was somewhere around like 1.5 to 1.9 billion dollars to make and promote everything um, to risk it all on a slew of bite-sized seven to ten minute shows um, that you can only watch on your mobile device is one of the wildest things I have ever heard of. What makes me the most mad about it though is that they have content with stars that I want to watch, that we deserve to have, but I'm not going to pay $4.99 just so I can watch a seven-minute episode of it on my phone, right? One, I don't find the appeal in watching a seven-minute episode of something that I have to then wait a week or another day to watch the next installment of. Like, wait, that's- Wait, 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 wait. Record scratch. I can't mm -hmm. just, like, binge the quibs from what I understand, no. Also, we're going to trademark binge the quibs. So, Quibby, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I don't, okay, so at me if I'm wrong, but when I was looking into it, I think that they release like a certain number of episodes a day, and then the next day they release another number of episodes. So it's not like, okay, well, we really, you know, this season of, um, you know, doop a doop you can watch all 10 of the episodes. So and Andrew Ken Anna Kendrick's uh, reboot of Mannequin. Right, like you can't do that, which makes it even more annoying. But again, like I don't, like I either want to watch like a 20 minute, you know, like a half hour show on something like a Hulu or Netflix where the commercials are cut out. So it's like 20 minutes or I want to watch like a 40 minute show same deal with an hour-long show. I don't really get the appeal of watching a seven-minute show show. I can just go on YouTube to find crap to kill time if I have seven minutes to spare. If I want to watch a show show, I'm not going to do that with Quibi. But also, they have shows that we deserve and want to watch. Chrissy's Court, where Chrissy Teigen takes your petty arguments and throws down a judgment on who's right or wrong. We deserve that, and I want to watch it, but I'm not going to watch it on Quibi. Murder House Flip, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is people who are going, it's like flip or flop 
or house owners renovation where they go and tour houses and get them and buy them and flip them, but they are houses where murders have happened. Okay, that is a show that I want and we deserve on HGTV like any other regular show. That's actually really annoying because I pitched that show not to Quibi. Nobody, nobody was interested in that show, but I'm glad Quibi's making it because I lived in a house or I lived in an apartment in LA where the previous tenant had killed themselves. It's just all oh, this is very getting very dark, but it was a really, really nice penthouse on the corner of, uh, you know, it was like a corner penthouse with a great view in Century City, and it was way below market value. It's because the previous tenant had killed themselves, and I pitched the show, and I was like, this is a show, right? People didn't agree with me at the time, so I'm I'm glad Quibi's making it. But yeah, you're right; it's bullshit. Also, like I binge a lot of shows passively, like while I'm doing other things. Like, so I'll put my laptop and I'll like be cleaning a thing, or like you know, sure. write my novel, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And so it's like that's just no. Like, phone goes in pocket. Yes, exactly. Podcast vacuum the floor phone does not get propped up so I can watch Chrissy's court uh and while I'm doing that no 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 exactly also you have now entered the stage of the program we've renamed this podcast quibbles with quibby and so now we're just going to complain about shows that they've stolen from Kristen which she's pitched previously um so yeah like that's a show that I want to watch um Nikki Fresh stars Nicole Richie as that girl at a party that you don't want to talk to, except this girl is like um, totally focused on crunchy granola crystals saving the bees, but she wants to rap about it. And so she's a rapper, but about that stuff. Um, and it looks hilarious. Is it scripted? But yeah. Okay. But I'm also not going to watch it on Quibi. Like everything about Quibi just makes me want to die. And I'm also annoyed that they're like robbing us of really fun actors and talent. And also there's like a really cool uh, non-scripted show that LeBron James is doing where he's like giving back to communities. Um, they are rebooting or uh, uh, Reno 911 with like the original people, but it's on Quibi. And fuck, if now is not the time that we all deserve some more Lieutenant Dangle, I don't know what is, but God Dang it, if I'm not going to not watch it on Quibi. So my quibble this week is with Quibi, and I want to kill it. So, yes, that's my kill, is Quibi. I will also, go circling back to not knowing whether you can just binge all of the quibs, um, they should have carved out, like, a portion of one of those billions of dollars to advertising so that people would know. One of the podcasts they listened to that's about politics. There's a running joke with the host that what the fuck is Quibi, right? Like all of these ads are happening, but like nobody knows what the hell is. I actually know because I pitch shit and like they were, we were pitching Quibi two years ago. So this has been a long time in the making, right? I actually right. didn't realize because they've been developing and buying shows for so long. I didn't realize it wasn't live until recently and then when they did the big ad push I was like oh damn okay whoa um but yeah people don't know what it is and that's bad if like people like us who like are plugged into things didn't yeah don't know how it works that's not a good sign also I did read just as a little aside that 
because it launched when we just happened to be in the middle of a pandemic in which we were all quarantined and short form content isn't exactly what we all needed right now, that they're actually adding in a functionality to be able to cast it to your TV because like that wasn't going to be part of their plan. It was, you were only going to be able to watch it on your phone specifically for like, that was Quibi's whole thing. And now because of like either a decline or just like an unforeseen yeah. like lack of growth because of the situation that we're oh. in, they're Ooh. adding in a cast option. What? I'm not waiting in line at the post office to watch a quib. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. exactly. So um, anyway, so fuck Quibi. Um, that's my, that's, well, it's not my fuck, it's my kill, but you know what I mean. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's shit. Exactly. Uh, Kristen, what are you killing this week? Uh, well, before we get to that, I just do want to say, I'm now going to use Quibi, and, like the the verb and the noun, like incorrectly, like the interwebs so it's like the quibs that's just mm. gonna be the thing that, that i do now just so you know i support this and maybe it'll be like its own unit of time do you think they were like oh we hope people are start saying stuff like do you quibby <laughs> i hope that they <laughs> i hope they like had that pitch and they were like yeah it's really gonna catch on <laughs> and now they're thinking, I want to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know they did. I know. <laughs> uh, that's going to be, if I ever get a dating profile, that's going to be like. Sorry, but if you don't quibby, we can't quibby. Bye. <laughs> Woof. Okay. Um, okay. Well, thank you. What are you, you killing? All right. So again, this is just like a little dollop of, of whipped cream. Mm -hmm. uh, so going along with my music theme, one of my, you might, I think you know this about me. Do you know that one of my favorite bands is Weezer? I do know this. Okay. Great. I'm glad you know that about me. So one of my favorite bands is Weezer. Obviously, you know, most people who like Weezer a lot, you respect the old school stuff, especially Pinkerton. Um, people who say the Blue Album is their favorite, they're not really actually super fans. Um, but... They're total, total quibs. <laughs> motherfucking quibs. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in the, like, puppy mill that has been the the churning out of albums that Weezer has had in the last like 15-20 years that like I don't even keep track of all of them anymore but I still hold them close and dear in my heart. Um, so I am killing the fact that they were supposed to release an album here in the not too distant future and they have announced that they're not going to be doing it because of the quarantine um, but they did release this kind of cute um, uh, music video that's like socially distanced. It's, it's honestly very similar to what Bill and Ted um, is doing with, you know, the people doing the air guitar, except it's people mm -hmm. passing. I think so. Um, even though the kill is my album is not coming out um, and I don't get to enjoy mm, some more content to make me happy in these sad, sad times. 
Um, it was cute how they got around not being able to have a music video because Weezer is known kind of like OK Go for having some epic music videos. So I'm just going to play you a little boop. Okay, so that's it. It's cute. You can go listen to it online. You know how to Google things. But like my favorite, mm-hmm. my favorite is this lady. Wait, that one. This lady. Right <laughs> there. Like, I just want to be her friend so hard. Like, here we're just gonna rewind just for a little beat so you can watch this again. Just watch, wait for her because she's great. When I was a kid, I thought I'd save the world. She seems tight. <laughs> so boo, 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 that I don't get my whole Weezer album, but yay to creativity and ladies with magic wands that can hover things through the air. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so really good picks this week, I think. Those were our FMKs. Uh, Kristen, I don't have any honorable mentions this week. Do you have any? I have just a, a smattering that I'll throw out there. Okay. okay. So um, this isn't a clip, but I read a really funny article. You probably read the same thing that the creators of Black Mirror are like, we're going to put Black Mirror on pause for a, bo- a, be- a beat because um, we're living in it and uh, everybody's really sad and we just don't want to make everyone jump off of a cliff right now. And that like wow. made me laugh so hard. Had you heard that? I had not heard that, but I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's number one. Uh, my second honorable mention is as we talk about all the time, just in the zeitgeist of the universe, The Simpsons um, has telegraphed quite a few things very presciently uh, into the future. For example, they telegraphed that Donald Trump would be president in the early 90s, which was like a laugh line in one episode, and now look at where we are. Um, spoiler alert, in that Lisa Simpson actually becomes a president and has to clean up all of the mess he made with the economy. So um, do with that what you will. Uh, so <laughs> here is a clip of an episode of The Simpsons from 1993. <laughs> So that episode is about a flu that originates in Asia that comes to the United States and people demand a cure and then killer bees attack everyone. What in the actual fuck is going on? Now, I will say that uh, one of the creators of The Simpsons came out very, like, uh, nonplussed about this whole situation and was like, well, we've just done so many episodes that, of course, there's going to be coincidences like this. I'm like, you know what? No. Like, that's fucking weird. No. That does not explain, like, that does not explain the way that they've been able to telegraph certain events. I think they better be careful or, like, 
scientists from Area 51 are going to come grab them and study them, like, that's really weird and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, also, Michelle Obama's becoming... Uh, just dropped on Netflix. So excited to watch that. Haven't I just started watching it um, today? So another little. Oh yeah, I need to watch it this weekend. Little piece of joy. Yeah, um, I realized I just I did have one really quickly. Um, ya boy Taika is gonna direct the Star Wars. So um, really looking forward to that. That was announced a couple of days ago. Um, not super clear on the details yet. Just like what it's going to be or um, kind of how it's going to fit into the canon exactly. But um, uh, very fucking excited for that. Cause if you listen to the pod at all, you know that we love Taika. So also I like to envision in my mind that like the envelope that was the contract of star Wars, they just like took it away. Like DB Weiss and David McGillicuddy, whatever thing they just like took, they're just like, thank you. <laughs> around and handed it to Tyke. I yeah. and then Tyke just sort of like shrugged like sorry mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um okay, right on. Those were really good honorable mentions, Kristen. Thanks for sharing. Um okay. That's it for this week, you guys. Um if we missed one of your FM or K's this week, which is very possible, uh please give us a call. Our number is 805-628-BOOP. That's 805-628-2667. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you're thinking. And we might just play it on the show. Um, Kristen, great chat. Uh, you guys, hang in there. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. As always, find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter at PopCultureFMK. Find our website. And we're also on YouTube, PopCultureFMK, uh, PopCultureFuckMaryKill on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.